Good morning and welcome to Morning Java. Brought to you as always by Get Go Cafe and Market, where as always, Dale, they've got great holiday specials. They've got fresh food, fresh drinks, all ready for you to go. And you can get curbside pickup right there at, at a Get Go. It's a great place to get some quick food. I got some tots the other day there, Dale. Tots. You yeah. Tots. Tots, baby, tots. I love me some tots. Anyways, Dale, it's great to do a Java with you. It's been a while since you and I have been on a Java. Um, but let's talk about these Steelers receivers and tight ends because everyone's been panicking about them the past few weeks, and rightfully so. There's been plenty of drops. Um, Deontay Johnson looked like he didn't, you know, really change much in the start of the game. His first two, he, he dropped two in the first two drives. Um, Eric Ebron still had a bad drop in this game. Um, and you know, people are wondering why isn't Claypool being used more and lots of questions as far as why the Steelers offense is the way it is right now. But from your eyes, you've been there, you've been seeing the field. What is the, what is the plan of attack moving forward have to be for the Steelers as far as usage wise and who they depend upon and for what reasons in their receiving group? Well, people wonder what's wrong with Chase Claypool, first of all. And it's a situation where, you know, he's getting press coverage. They're getting – the Steelers are getting press coverage across the board. And as a first-year rookie receiver, Chase Claypool, despite his size, is struggling to get off press coverage. And when you do that, it throws everything off, uh, you know, I mean, especially if you're running deeper stuff. He just uh, He's just not getting off the line of scrimmage well. Uh, Tredavious White did a good job on him the other day, and, and you know, that's going to happen. Uh that's why, you know, to me, Juju doesn't get off press coverage well either. That, that's still not a strength of him. Um, Deontay Johnson does. Uh, James Washington has gotten much better at that, uh, he, you know, as he's gotten uh, more mature in the league and, and you know, stronger and, and, and you know, th- those kind of things. But their two best guys in those kind of situations are Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson. Uh, the two guys who are dropping passes. So you want to know what's wrong with the Steelers' offense? Their two best guys, their two biggest threats who, who give you the biggest matchup problem, are the guys who've been dropping the football. So you know, I, you know, I laid it out uh, pretty well. I thought in today's uh, story, uh, if you, you know, if you look at what's going on with Chase Claypool, um, you know, they've targeted him deep twenty-eight times this year, and they've connected on those just seven times. Uh, the, the- One in four. That's one in four, 24% of the time. That's not good enough. Uh, yes, he's drawn a league-best eight pass interference penalties, and those count too, uh, but it, it's just not enough bang for your buck when you're going deep that often to a guy. Um, you know. And the biggest problem to me is where they're throwing deep. Uh, if, you, if you start breaking down the numbers, when Ben Roethlisberger throws the ball to the deep left part of the field, uh, he's 14 to 26 which is where you want to be at, 14 to 26 for 413 yards and one touchdown. On passes to the deep middle, he's he's 5 of 14 for 164 yards. That's a ridiculously low number uh, of throws down the middle of the field. But when he goes deep down the right sideline, he's 5 of 43 for 129 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. That I mean, that makes you play one-handed. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm a defensive coordinator, and I guarantee you they have these numbers, I'm telling my defensive backs, hey, we're going to flood the left side of the field. That's where he's accurate at. He's he's making passes to that side of the field. We're going to force him to throw the ball to his right where he's not hitting passes. And so that's one of the problems right now with the Steelers' defense or offense 
is that they're to, you know yes it's predictable with the, with the short passing game but they're going to take away everything that you can do and give you what you can't and that's what's happening for the Steelers the other part of that equation is by you know all these short passes by him not consistently hitting the deep ball when you take away that left side of the field now you've got 10 guys at the line of scrimmage when the ball is snapped damn near every play yep and that gums up the running game mhm you know, you, you don't you don't even have to worry. You you you've got all these guys up there. It doesn't matter what you have there. You've got ten. Essentially, somebody's going to be coming unblocked because the quarterback's not in the equation. So you're playing essentially ten on you know eleven on ten in those situations, and you're not going to be able to run the ball. It certainly is a, a big problem that we've been noting for quite some time. Just with they need to find ways to back to back de- defenses off, um, and just with how you see how they they played, it also contributes to how they can play that aggressive underneath coverage because they know that hey, you know, like you said, we flood the deep left, you know, we leave we leave you know the, the deep right in sing- in single coverage, and then you know our guys can jump those underneath you know stick pattern stick con- you know passing concepts and you know the underneath hitches, and yeah, that's what led to that pick six when uh, Ben threw it you know tried to throw it to Juju at the end of the first half, so. I do think those are all valid points, um, and but maybe it is just a matter of this team needs Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron to at least play well and not drop a lot of passes. And if that happens, then it opens up the opportunities for everyone else. Because Dale, back when Ben was lighting up the numbers, and again, lighting up wasn't you know fifty touchdowns, but he was putting up very efficient numbers. Efficient, yeah. But and part of that efficiency was how well he spread the ball around every week. It was a new guy leading the team in receiving because those two guys were a big part of it. But when you take two guys out of that machine, it makes it harder for everyone else to keep it going. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that Ebron is key in that as well is he's been targeted 12 times this year on deep passes, and he's caught seven of them for 161 yards. Wow, that's more uh, than 50%. You got you got yeah, he's, he, when you're catching more than 50% of those, you're doing a good job. You're connecting on that. So they they have to keep playing him. Um, that's why he's in the game. I, I wouldn't ask him ever to block, uh, but you know he's ever <laughs> he's, a, he's a weapon, and you, and you and you have to use him. You may not like his attitude, you might not like you know some of the things he does, but he adds something to this team that, quite frankly, Vance McDonald doesn't, and that's a, that's the receiving the downfield receiving ability. They need to figure that out. They need to do it here in these next few weeks, or it's going to be a short playoff stay. Moving forward here, Dale. Um, Joe Hayden is expected to be back this week out of concussion protocol. Now, granted, this is the Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Burrow, and this is a completely different situation as far as what the defense is facing this week. But I can, I think it's very obvious that this team is a lot better. This defense can be can be a lot better and allow everyone else to kind of play their normal role when Joe Hayden is the number one cornerback on this team. You saw Stephen Nelson that second half kind of get picked on a bit. And also with Cam Sutton need, needing to help on the outside whenever Justin Lane wasn't wasn't out there, which was a lot because he wasn't out there that much. Um, you saw you saw you saw Nelson kind of being overextended. You saw Sutton not being able to be in his normal role, helping Mike Hilton over the middle. How big is it that Joe Hayden's back and that he's got he has to be healthy for this team to get back in into where it needs to be? Well, quite frankly, I mean they, they can't afford to have anybody else go down they need to get Vince Williams back as well and playing uh, because the defense is already stretched pretty thin Um, you know no matter how much depth they have a cornerback you know you're you're asking guys to 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 play more and more snaps and you know if you think about it uh, you know Cam Sutton over the last month has started at this in the slot 
He started for, for Nelson a couple weeks ago, and last week he started for, for Hayden. Uh, you know, that, that's a lot to ask of a guy to, to bounce all over the place like that. And so, you know, they need to get guys back playing the positions that they're comfortable with, uh, doing the things that they're comfortable doing, and that then allows them to, to kind of play defense the way they want to play. You know, you're not getting Bud Dupree back. You're not getting Devin Bush back, but this can still be a dominant defense. Um, it, it's still the best pass rushing defense in the AFC. It's the p- best pass rushing defense in the league, but it's the best pass rushing defense that's going to be in the postseason uh, in the in the AFC this year. Kansas City's not rushing the passer well this year. Nope. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens aren't rushing the passer well this year. Cleveland, Tennessee, um, you know, they're not rushing. We the saw passer. that Monday night. Yeah, they're not rushing the pass rush. Tennessee has no pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you start looking at it, this the second best pass rush uh, and the second best defense that's going to be in the AFC playoffs is in Indianapolis, and they haven't played as well in recent weeks. So, you know, that's what gives the Steelers a chance here is, is that defense. They need to get the offense figured out. But getting that defense back to, to playing, at, at, there's no such thing as a shutdown defense in today's NFL. But playing at a high level, uh, is what they need to do here over the next three weeks, and getting Joe Hayden back and keeping him on the field is a must. Yeah, it just it feels like right now they've been able to hold together the the defense. I mean, ultimately, the defense still gave the Steelers a chance to win that game against the Bills, um, even with the offense throwing a pick six. This was a game where you know again two 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 turnovers in the first half, and that you know this was this was a team that was that if the offense just had a decent week. They, they, they probably beat the Bills, and you know we're talking completely different about the Steelers' outlook right now going into these last three games. But certainly, having Joe Hayden back and having him and Steven Nelson in their normal spots and Hilton and Sutton in their normal spots, and then Edmonds and Fitzpatrick can do their normal things, that's going to make this pass defense, which still is ranked among the top, the best in the league, I believe they're number two or three right now in passing yards allowed. Um, you know, they're they're still, to me, this is still the best defense in football, even with Bud Dupree and, and Devin Bush out. And you, you could say the Saints, even though they just got beat up by, by Jalen Hurts and Miles My- Sanders. Um, but Ultimately, I still think, Dale, this team still has a lot of really great talent on the defensive side of the ball. And when Joe Hayden back, it's going to still make them a very dangerous group. Yeah, and that's what they get. You know, the Steelers are banking on them. I mean, that's the way that they're built. Um, you know, we, we've said it all along last year that if they just got average quarterback play, uh, you know, they would be a very good team with that defense. Well, you know, the last couple of weeks, they've gotten some below average quarterback play. They need to get Ben Roethlisberger back to, to playing uh, good football again here. He's capable. He showed it all year long. Um, they'll get the offense figured out. And, you know, I think a couple weeks from now, uh, you know, perhaps people will forget about this little bad stretch. Every team in the league has a bad stretch of football. Yep. Yep. The Kansas City Chiefs have had some bad stretches of football this year. It's not out of the norm. It's really difficult to go out and play well for 16 games in a row. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, uh, you want to be playing your best going into the playoffs. The Steelers have some time to, to kind of get that back, and, and we'll see if they can they can do so. So, Dale, let's talk about the offensive line because they have a lot. They they're a group that is beat up with injuries. Um, you know, they they had to let go of Stefan Wisniewski in the middle of the year um, after he was on IR and he was coming back, but then they thought, hey, you know, we need to get more more backup on the on the linebackers. Now he's back with the Chiefs. Uh, Pouncey just came back this last week, but JC Hassenauer had to fill in at left guard because Filer and Dotson went down. 
Um, and now Filer's on the on the temporary injured reserve. What oh, is this temporary? He's done for the year. Oh, he's done for the year. Year. Yeah. Okay. I I was I, I saw that there was something, but it wasn't a torn pack. He won't be back though. That that's a that's a several week. I mean, he has essentially the same injuries with Nuski. I don't think you see Matt Filer again this season. Oh well, that okay. Well then, there you have it right there. Matt Filer's done. Um, what is where does this offensive line go from here, Dale? In because that means you got Dotson starting at starting a left guard if he's healthy because he was also injured in this game, and this is off. This is an offensive line that hasn't really played well through through a lot of this season as far as you know generating you know push off the run block and uh, what we've seen from them the past especially the past month or so. Yeah, and it's let's face it. I mean, it's never been a great run blocking line. The people who are pining, oh well, they need to get Mike Munchak back, and that would fix this line. Come on, people, get real. Uh, the last year that Mike Munchak was here, they averaged ninety yards rushing per game. Mm-hmm. They're not built to run the football. They're not a strong run blocking line. They've never have been. They're built to protect Ben Roethlisberger. And I get all the all the respect in the world for Mike Munchak. Great guy, love him. Good football coach. But he wasn't fixing. They're, they're not fixing this. Uh, you know, this, this line is what it is. Uh, but again, it goes back to what we talked about in the previous segment. If you're going to work that sh- short passing game, and you're going to to bring all, you know, force the defense to bring everybody up into the box, I don't care what offensive line you have. You're going to struggle to run the football against that. They also don't have dynamic running backs. Uh, you know, they, they just don't. They don't have anybody that that can make somebody miss in the hole and, and, and suddenly, you know, turn, you know, a, a, a two-yard gain into a 10-yard gain. Dalvin Cook's not walking through that door. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is what it is. The running game doesn't need – they don't need to go out and run for 150 yards a game, but they need to be able to run the football when they want to run the football. And quite frankly, I mean, the offensive line hasn't been great this year in terms of the run blocking. Uh, it's been even you know below what you would expect for this group. I expected them to be an average run blocking unit. They haven't been that, but again, they were that early in the season before they were. changed the way they were defending them. That's that's as, as simple as that. If the Steelers start hitting some of these downfield passes, it backs the safeties off, and all of a sudden they'll be able to run the football. It, it, it's that simple. It's, football is really it's not that complicated. No, I agree. And again, Dale's not saying the 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 forty yard bombs down the sideline. Even just like the 15, 20, 30, you know, just when Correct. you're pushing it down that far, that's when those middle linebackers and and the safeties who play the middle of the field who are coming up against the run and coming up against the the underneath passes, that's when they're like, crap, I can't my first step cannot be forward right now because Eric Ebron or Clay or Claypool or Juju, someone just dotted us up for three straight plays of 18, 20 yards, and now now, now we're hurting, and I and I think you see that on tape, you know. And I did it in my my Carter's classroom. There, you know, there was a play where Ben Roethlisberger they had an underneath pass where I think it was Deontay Johnson underneath and Eric Ebron over, you know, over top of him. It both were in the middle of the field. They the three defenders went to Johnson. Ebron was standing there wide open. Ben didn't even see him. And yeah. and that's the I mean, people want to blame Randy Feekner for this, and I get it, but he's not the one throwing the football. It's not like the only routes that they run are short things. Right. They run guys deep. They run guys on those intermediate routes. But the quarterback has to trust that he can make that throw. And the, and and the fact is that lately, Ben, either he hasn't trusted it or he just hasn't seen it and he's been out of his funk. Um, that's going to come down to a lot of it. And I think with the, with the offensive line, with they've played – 
they, you got to keep protecting him as best as you can so that he can get out of his funk. And that's where this offensive line, I think, can put together its best performance to help the Steelers get back into their gear. Because, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people the last three weeks, Dale, be like, oh, man, can you imagine what it'd be like to have a creative offense? Or, oh, man, can you imagine what it'd be like to score points? This team was scoring points at an extremely high clip. They were the number four offense before they played Washington, right? Like, this was th – th this is – and even now, I think they're, they're still in the top ten or something like that. Like – Come on, like before the season, I was saying if this offense ranks middling, if it's like 16, 15, 14, 13, this is going to be a good team. And they're they've been they've been top 10 all year. And yes, they've struggled lately, but they can fix this thing. I just I, I don't get the sense of hopelessness for this offense. No, nor do I. Uh, but that's why, you know, the fans are I get it. Fans are fans, and, and they, you know, they're gonna uh, sometimes look at things, uh, you know, what, what have you done for me lately? Teams eleven and two. Um, you know, I don't think many people would have predicted 11 and two uh, before the season started. They need to turn some things around. They got some things they have, they have to fix, but they still have time to get them fixed. And, you know, uh, again, having a full week of practice, a regular, a regularly scheduled week of practice will go a long way towards doing that.